Welcome to another episode of At The Lot. The date is August 24th, and we are in the dog days of summer. But also, Sandlot postseason. Cal, are you there? Uh, barely. I've slogged through this entire season. It's been a journey, that's for sure. But excited to see who's going to actually come out on top after all this. Uh, granted, I was not really a, any part of it, but it was good to see uh, a new Sandlot champion if we actually do get a new one, or it's just going to be Lance again. That is to be determined. Yeah, we got we got some familiar faces or teams, but some fresh faces too. But we will cover that more in a little while. What we'll do though is let's just give uh, some love to all sixteen teams. You know, it was a grueling season, uh, especially for us. Um, it's weird that it's it seemed like it was forever, but then it was like over like in no time. It's one of those weird seasons. Like I wanted more games because I felt like, okay, uh, at least try to, you know, finish strong. No, nothing happened. So it's like, I'm kind of relieved of that stress now. It's like, okay, let's move to football, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I had enough games. I was pretty much over with the games. <laughs> I'm okay with the season ending and just regrouping. There's always next year, and I know I sound like a Cub fan when I say that, but there is always next year. What I did learn is uh, winning is fun. Losing sucks. Yeah, it is. Two years, two years in a row, just I can't, I can't handle it. So um, I'm going to have to buy the Heat Wave tutorial for the 24 season and figure out what he's doing. Oh, man. But enough about that. Let's, uh, let's dive in and... Look at uh, each team, each division, shall we say, and give a little tidbits of the year in review, shall we say, and go from there. So um, what we'll do is Bigfoot first, um, and we'll start off with double bad news, and that is uh, that I know of, there are teams or owners that know about this, um, but the Desert Dukes JJ Mancini has put in his resignation for this being his final season. We had discussed it uh, a little bit a few months ago, and he tried to stay as strong as he could, but without making any trades. So anybody that was making trade proposals got wind of it already throughout the season. But officially, um, I, um, we need to start moving forward to a vacant roster um or vacant owner i should say and we'll go from there so um sad heartbreaking news jj was one of the longest running 25 seasons i don't know if he even knew that but 25 seasons in the same lot league so um finished in last place in the division Kind of where most of us did see him landing, perhaps. It just uh, didn't have enough bullets to compete. And it showed. And probably with his, what word I use, um, 
lack of ambition for this year probably didn't help him either. So um, in the few years you've been in the league, what do you got to share with the Desert Dukes and JJ? That's just brutal. It's not even just like – it's not like I'm like a, a new owner. You know, it's only known him for seven years. Ooh. I feel like I've known JJ for forever. He's, he's been in the league longer than I've been alive. So, you know, it's – in my mind, one of the OGs leaving. That's just that's just crushing. Um, the Mancini Bros were always kind of a force to be reckoned with, and uh, Dukes haven't had had great luck the past few years. And I guess you know, never winning a championship, you can argue, never had the best of luck. But Dukes have had seasons where they've been where they've been dominant. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to hear JJ's leaving. I get it. It is it's a lot sometimes, but yeah, wish wish him the best. Absolutely, but. You know, I guess now we move into the next steps of, you know, going into next year and going through the same process of the auction again. And I guess we'll have to we'll have to figure that all out. Real quick, I mean, just I'm looking at it right now at a glance. He um did he, he's leaving with a winning record. Um, this season he went over 1,500 wins. He finished with 1,508 wins with 1,391 losses. That's a uh, not a bad percentage of wins there. Just uh, didn't go far in the postseason. It looks like he's got oh, quick glance about a dozen. No, it's got to be more than that. Um, playoff visits, but early exits. So um, yeah, it can be a bummer. Uh, I, can, I can understand. I mean, let's put it. All right, here's the perspective. JJ, here we go. You entered the Sandlot the year after I won the championship. So we've both been in long, been in the drought for a title, same amount of time. So <laughs> I'm just looking at that right now, like, wow, maybe JJ's my jinx. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll find out. Oh man, we shall see. We shall see. All right, I'm gonna make this and I'm gonna spin this into a positive for my. Spring. Personal thing. So, good. <laughs> the main scene has been lifted. That is crazy, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, the downside of comparison is uh, JJ's been in the league same amount of years as our arch nemesis, or whatever we call him, uh, Evil Empire Lance. They've both been in. It. They both joined the same lot the same year, and we don't need to review what's going on with the heat wave. So. Um, We'll leave that alone. But the tale of two cities, tale of two teams. Um, so, JJ, yep, wish you the best. We appreciate all that you've done. And uh, don't be stranger, even though you are a lot. You are a stranger quite often, but keep in touch. Enjoy your career, um, JJ. Exactly. Hey, maybe we'll put them on the show. We'll, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> exactly. That'd be nice. Yeah, the hot seat. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Um, moving on to the Fanatics. This team, I, I think we've talked about this team to where we thought, you know, they had a shot, and I think they were right there. And somewhere, the July or somewhere, he just they they just nosedive because they they could have been in last place as well. They finished at fifty three and sixty seven. Um. I don't even know what happened to this team because they were competing. I don't know if other teams got hot or they he got cold or a perfect storm. So 
What's your take with the Fanatics and Matty's crew there? Well, Matt definitely thought he was he was geared up for a playoff run because he made moves to to that make sure. So it's, yeah. it's not like it was a uh, you know it's not like he just you know let it go and faded off. He actually tried to make that next step and it just didn't happen for him. I mean, he acquired Corbin Burns, which I thought was just you know Lance selling off at a low point, which is a good move, you know, and getting getting a piece out of it. Um, and Corbin did rebound. I mean, he's still putting up six points per game. So, and that, I, I, that's kind of if I think if we eliminate his awful April and May, that's probably looking around seven points a game because uh, he's been showing signs of the old Corbin. But you just go top to bottom of this roster. There are things that you can look at and and know for next year. Uh, maybe this won't be a repeat of not being able to make it because there are there's a good foundation. I like the pitching staff he's got. He's got Burns. Uh, McClanahan's probably going to be out for a significant amount of time. Uh, so he might even miss all of 2024. That's going to suck. Uh, Musgrove was probably his best pitcher on the air. Aaron Nola, when he's not giving up home runs, is pitching well. Uh, I just think he's probably a few bats away from actually making a playoff push. And he's got Bryson Stott, who I did not think was going to be as good as he was as far as like uh, bat to ball. But he is showing to be like one of the top in the league as far as being able to actually get on base. So I like the, the foundation here. Fortunately, it wasn't enough to get to a playoff run, but we'll see what happens next year. Absolutely. Um, moving toward the Phenoms, we, we know how, his, how, their, how their year started, how the season even started. We talked about that greatly with the auction. Um, and but yet yeah, he actually improved. They were dead last last year, and he's he gained three wins this year, finishing in sixth place of the division, um, fifty six and sixty four. Um, a little bit of improvement. Um, even outscored his own team by two hundred points from last year, um, and five more divisional wins than he did last year. So that alone, I mean, yeah, you're trying to find something, and you got that at least. Um, I think he just had a little bit of bad luck that just continued to keep him down. So what's your take with yeah. the Phenoms? Phenoms, uh, going into the season, you just look at their team, and it's like, okay, well, this is obviously going to be, you know, a hardcore heat wave beater. Like, this could, if someone's going to do it, it's going to be this team. Didn't even come close. I don't know how, what happened here. But you just look at the names. This is very much a name type team, and they're not producing at, at the level that I don't think he expected. Sure. Vlad Jr. is probably the number one guy that's just like, as far as name to production ratio is glaring, because, I mean, he should be, a, I don't know, top three first baseman, and he's just, he's not, he's not at that level. Um, but he also had lengthy IL stint with Don, O'Neill Cruz, you know, gone immediately, beginning of the season. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, who was supposed to be, uh, I mean, hitting 280, ends up hitting 240, and is putting up 1.5 a game. That's just brutal. So mm-hmm. it's just no reprieve of success for for the Phenoms. And of course, I mean, I would be remiss if I don't bring up Manoa. I mean, you have to in a, in a season That's where brutal. you blow your whack load, and then you, I mean, you have nothing to fall back on because now you can't even you can't Manoa gets sent down. You don't even have the whack to go pick anybody up. So, you know, it's it's just a insult to injury. Luckily, you know, one thing we can look back on is like this team will be good next year. 
They got Gavin mm-hmm. Williams. They got Logan Gilbert. They got George Kirby. A bunch of really good young pitching. So, I mean, you look at it, they're really, what, maybe one one pitcher away and maybe one bat away from making a deep playoff run because this team does not this team is not reflective of its record at all. I think anyone could tell you that the same thing. I would agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that, uh, what you said earlier about them being the the giant killer hasn't been taken down. Oh, I, I totally did. At post-auction, I was like, I was, this team is... My, my team was more the summer, actually. I thought they could, and and I still think they could. They just... We'll talk about them in a minute, but um, you you think Phenom, I thought boys of summer, but um, I think they can be. I thought boys were a year away. It turns out they already arrived. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll get to totally. That. <laughs> Here's my heartbreaker uh, team of the year. Honestly, the Breaking Badgers. I mean, Ugh. completely dominated points. I mean, outscored like the king of, of scoring. Hardcore is always on top with uh, their point scoring, but just humbled them by uh, almost 100 points and still have a losing record. It's just mind-boggling to see the Breaking Badgers. A, losing record, B, not in the playoffs, C, having such a lineup that he has that they're not in there. It just, I, I still can't figure that one out. Um, yeah, heartbreaker of a season for the Badgers. Definitely. And looking at this roster, it doesn't look great for the future. Uh, a couple of teams that we've been talking about, you know, they, they have a, they look like they're going to improve in the next year. This team, Granted, Ken's very resourceful. I think he's, he still will find a way. But when you lose Wander Franco, we don't know what's going on there. Uh, Buxton is just perpetually not going to be healthy. Um, Jose Abreu is getting up there. He's going to have to probably find a first baseman that can produce more than than he Abreu currently is. I mean, CJ Crone was has been injured, so I guess that's, that's who he'd be sliding in there. But even Crone wasn't up to his la- his last year production, so. Um, and then you have on the pitching side of things, he's losing Spencer Strider's eligibility at reliever, so now he has to he has to now you know actually put a, a reliever there at some point and have to bump up Strider into the rotation. Uh, Yu Darvish is going to be thirty eight and also has dropped off significantly this year compared to last. Um, James Paxton will not be healthy two years in a row. That's just not in his DNA. <laughs> That's for sure. And, yeah. So I. Looking at the towards the future, he still has you know he still has Jackson Cherio who might get the call next year. I it's kind of pushing it a little bit. He's he's in Double A at nineteen, so that's good enough. But you know, say he's Triple A next year, maybe he gets a cup of coffee. So that way he doesn't lose eligibility. Looking at twenty twenty five for Cherio. Um, uh, I don't know. It seems trendy to be calling up your kids pretty quick. Well, when your franchise sucks, yes. Like if you're the Angels, yes, you can do that, and you have no hope. You can totally get away with that, but other real franchises don't do that, and they actually let their guys, you know, develop instead of just taking a poor guy and just throwing him into the open sea and hopefully he doesn't he swims okay. Which is crazy. It is crazy. I don't know what that organization's doing. They don't either. Have you have you seen him play? You know what he reminds me of? We're David Fletcher. He looks like David Fletcher. Who are we talking about right now? Are we talking about Jerry? <laughs> we're talking about Noah. Uh-huh. Nolan. Okay, I was like, <laughs> kind of went off topic there. I was like, I don't know. Cheerios, David Fletcher. I saw him playing first base, and I'm just like, my dad is rolling and rolling. I'm like, 
he reminds me of Fletcher, ironically, who played for the Angels. So I was like, wow. Uh, the Angels are basically a bunch of David Fletchers all combined into one, and then they have Trout and Otani. That's basically their whole team. It's a rough time over there. Uh, <laughs> Julian finally, he got called up. I think he did well. I think he, I think he did well above my expectations. I just on him in the post draft, um, and I, he's he's an I think really really great for that middle infield for the Twins. He should stick around for next year. He's he's developed enough to the point where he he can he can stay there. Second base is kind of a niche position, so to have a backup to Simeon will be nice. Uh, this batter's team, I guess, in summation, has some some holes they're going to have to fix and some big ones. Um, but they still have a solid roster. They still put up points. They still have you know, Francisco Alvarez is a dude that they can have for a long time. Leads all catchers and homers right now. Like he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with if he stays a catcher. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Badgers team right now. We'll see what happens going into next year. How they're gonna be able to adapt to all these new situations they're gonna have to deal with, especially the Wanda Franco one, which is hopefully. You know, clear of everything, but I don't know. It's not looking great. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, put you on the spot here because I didn't even think about this. Do we want to pause and then flip over to the Clash non-playoff teams, and then kind of talk about the playoff teams, or you just want to finish the division, go back to go to the other one? We could, prob- we could probably do all the lame teams who suck, and then okay. go into the, the good teams who them. deserve okay. yeah deserve some time. So with that, we'll flip it over to the Clash division. Um, yeah, we got to get this out of the way. Um, Green Onions, yeah, dead, dead, dead-ass last in the last place of the league, not just the division. Um, good news. Oh, no, uh, I was going to say, you actually were better than the Gunners last. Oh, my word. Are you kidding me? Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, 48 wins, 72 losses. Um, really not a whole lot to talk about. Highly underperformed. Very young team. Um, underdeveloped. I don't know what to call it, but you're just not blooming as fast as you anticipated. What are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going to do? I, don't, I mean, what are you going to do? Do not reload. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Do not reload. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with what I got. I feel like I've been doing a Decent job with drafting, and I've been a horrible job at trading. So but I'll here you are, chill out and hang yeah. out. Here you got the first and second pick, so we'll see what you do with that. Yeah, back to the drawing board on that one. I need to study up. Yeah. Um, quickly over to the tribe. Um, they were talking about roller coaster. They finished at forty nine and seventy one. Had the worst divisional record with only nineteen wins in the division. Um, plummeted to having 61 wins last year to 49 this year. Um, just a complete nosedive. And it was a team that was actually competing and trading to compete. And then just went right by me in the standing. I'm like, hey, Johnny, what's up? Shocker. True shocker. Yeah, they were competing to the point where you know he'd wanted to get Yavaldi from me. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, I'll take a first-round pick. I figured it'd be a, mid- a midfield pick. And ended up being, I had the first pick locked up by the end of the year because first and second. So, um, yeah, it was a wild, wild turn of events for the tribe. Uh, they did run into plenty of obstacles along the way. Um, Soroka getting sent down, 
Uh, Justin Steele not being as dominant as he was in early April. Ashcraft, I don't know how long he's at Ashcraft, though. I don't think that might have been a, a pickup throughout the year, so I'm not going to ding him for that. Um, but yeah, losing, never having McKenzie healthy, that's, that is brutal. Um, but I think overall there's still things to be excited about with this team. Like you still have you still have Ellie. You still have, I mean, there's so many prospects he has on this team to the point where he has green flags on his bench. So he he definitely is is retooling for the future. Um, he's got a lot of hyped guys, even guys who are past their hype, like Robert Hassel, is a good example of that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's pieces like Jonah Heim, who is vastly underrated as a hitting catcher. And if did if you can lock up that catcher spot. You've already got a large piece of the pie because you either have a good catcher or you don't. So Jonah Heim right. is absolutely one of those guys where, and he's not—he's not a sexy name. He's not someone that people talk about. So I think that's going to be very beneficial as locking that in going forward. But yeah, a lot of work to be done with this team. Sold off plenty of assets to kind of make a push, and it, it backfired unfortunately. But like I said, still young enough to where it's not the end of the world. Can still rebuild, and he knows how to do it. So, yep, uh, it's taking a lot of work. Iron paws, just I'm lost for words. Um, do you want me, back to, do you want me to do years. it for you? Do you want me to do it for you? That we don't. Have to well, I mean, I'm just saying, back to back years of not only missing the playoffs, but not even coming close of. Uh, making the playoffs or even competing or anything like that. Um, I guess the good news is this is the final year of all the, quote, old dead weight. Wayno was released in the middle of the season. Um, rightfully so. Goodness, he's still looking for his two more wins. I don't think he gets it uh, in September, but I hope he does. Well, it's not looking good. But it's not about Wayno. It's pause really underperforming. All I can say is the kids are aligned to actually have an impact by next year. So we'll see if they if pay dividends. But totally, I think we I think we got too deep into the youth pool, and uh, it obviously paid the price. So, but I'll I'll hear your take. Go for it. Be nice. Okay, so I'm gonna be nice, and you, I'm gonna Whoa, be so you nice. Really jumped. Whoa, you jumped. Like you're on a high dive. Slow oh, sorry. down, man. Sorry, I am gonna be nice here. Yeah, your cue cards ready or what? I am gonna be nice. I'll tell you what's Go going ahead. on here. Okay, all right. So I've never said this to you in person. I all I do is really just dog on your team. I'm gonna say this in front of everybody right now. I'm proud of you for not keeping on to a lot of the dead weight. You only have like one dude over 32. That's got to be a new record in the past 10 years. I think there's always been that few couple of guys. Camp, I could not believe it. I looked at your roster right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, this could be I, this could be my roster, which obviously it is because you suck too. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it like, totally is. But so I've like, got, I, I guess I got the wrong plan because if it's it's a blueprint of yours, yeah. If I'm excited about it, you should be scared. Right. You know, but right. genuinely, like the pitching staff is super duper young, but like has crazy ability to be talented yet again. Iron Paws, I've always known to have a phenomenal pitching staff. This this could, you know, in five years be great. I mean, we're talking Hunter Brown, Yuri Perez, Grayson Rodriguez, all highly touted prospects and 
Brandon Fat was also in that list going into the year. Has shown none of that. But again, it's been his rookie year. I cannot. We, we get so spoiled with these rookies and have, they're good right off the bat that when a guy does suck and he isn't a normal human being who's in the, the major leagues, we just write him off immediately. So, you know, we'll see what happens going into the next year. Gives us give some time to, you know, readjust and learn some things. Um, but you still got a top 10 prospect in Mar- Marcelo Meyer. Um, I, I did like uh, Cassis is going to be a staple of that Red Sox lineup. And you also have Devers, so like that Red Sox corner. It's gonna be it's gonna be solid. Uh, Mike Trout, dud, can't be healthy. What are you gonna do about it? Injured. Um, and Jazz, if he can also stay healthy, Jazz might be more injury prone than Mike Trout at this point. But oh, again, there are still, <laughs> I know there's still it's all pieces. the game change he's wearing. Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, I think it's been on on the MLB the show cover. It's kind of a curse. But what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> Should have known that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some some pieces that you can take with you to the future. And there's to have untouchables on your team is always a good sign. I think you have a couple of them. So yeah, best of luck to you on your rebuild. But I think it's it's a little ways away. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and what I'm looking at here from one year to the next, um, literally only six points difference in scoring. I scored six points less this year. And same as giving up to twenty nine ninety two to twenty nine eighty three. Hmm. So almost rinse and repeat of two seasons here. So yeah, switch that up. Um moving on to the rookie, the bail bonds. Uh Mr. Drew did quite well for his first year. Um he I mean he had a Fast start in April, we all remember that. And then reality hit, and he started playing the other division, I guess. Um, but finished with 54 wins, 66 losses, which I believe, if I recall, give me one second, that is the second best start um, of a new franchise that we do not include the Green Onions with. I was doing some digging the other day. I could not believe when I saw how many wins you had in year one. Had sixty-two wins in your first year, just and the like fact that you did the fact that you did that, and then went backwards is still mind blowing. I still cannot figure out how you did that in year one. Not not well, not that I'm talking about the green onions, but that was something I want to talk about. And then, I mean, just not even get a whiff of it again. Um, that is bizarre. But he, I'll say back to the the bonds. Um, he tied for the most wins, uh, which was the Phenoms. They had 54 wins back in 2008 when we only had 117 games. So I have to look at the wins and not the records because there are less games. So, But very good season um, for the Bale Bonds, I think, overall. Held his own. Um, outdid us, too. So yeah. kudos to you. Pretty easy, though. Not going to give him that much credit. That was very easy to right. do. <laughs> this division was pretty weak this year, I think. Yeah, um, that's going to that's gonna give us some flack. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just the reality. It's been like that for a couple of years. Well, I'm looking back. Let's look at this thing. Yeah, the past three years, solid for sure. 
when you have back when you have two teams winning seventy plus in three years in a row um, in one division, while the other one barely gets winning records in that division. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, Are you proposing something? I am not. Yeah, I'm, I'm either. <laughs> Oh, I am man, actually you're gonna get a text, a couple texts. All right, let, let me give you, let me give you oh, my man. on that. Um, it honestly doesn't matter uh, to me because either way, there's pros, and either way, there's cons. Totally. Um, it, by the end of the season, 120 games in, it most years levels out. There have been seasons where people got screwed. Totally, I remember myself. I got screwed one year. Uh, I also remember one year I got lucky because of it, you know, so it just, what, what would change? Not that we're off topic, but that's okay. This is what's called fresh radio. Um, what would change if we merged? Cause we all, we already play the same amount of games together. What would change? You're asking me, you're, like, you're asking me? Yeah. Cause it sounds like you have a different take. Well, I mean, I'm not like a massive advocate for one division. I thought we did that, and we kind of all agreed it kind of sucked, and we went back to divisions. So I don't, I don't know what the reasoning was. I was not privy to those discussions. I think that was. Yeah, I don't remember why we went to divisions again. Yeah, because it's been since 2014, I think. Uh, 13. No wait. Yeah. Third. 2013, we became the Bigfoot in Clash Division. Yeah, wow, it's been a while. I'm kind of ignorant on that topic, so I'm not totally sure. It's been a decade. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. And then uh, I thought we were Division before. I guess not. Um, no, I don't know. And there's nothing that says we can't talk about it, but that, it's just it all levels out. We know that. Yeah. Oh, I know what the take is because the heat wave and heart. Well, I've got an ironic stat about that later. So you, you totally cut out when you said heat wave and hardcore. Oh, I said, I figured it out. I remembered it was the heat wave and hardcore. They want to create this dance that they could play each other in, in the championship. Correct. Correct. They fantasize about it every night. So right. then they really want to do it bad. And I have a fun fact about I have a fun fact about those two that I did not know until today, so I'll share that later. Okay. Back to teaser and bail bonds. Y'all got to stay tuned now. (laughs) Bail bonds had, I think, probably the best three players that you could ask for as far as you know, maybe in the history of of, you know, having to be a quote expansion. So I mean by the way, for those who aren't keeping score, it's you know, Fernando Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr. And Bobichet, not a junior, junior, basically a junior. So, junior yeah, junior by spirit. So, I mean, just a crazy, a crazy trio to start off with. And then goes in the auction, spends hard, and, you know, picks up, I feel like, some decent guys. I don't think he spent, I mean, I, everyone was expensive in the auction, but he could have spent a lot more for what he got. So, I believe, I don't remember, but I believe it was Ty France was his main, his main get. And, I think you know, for getting a first baseman, didn't do too bad. So, um, the, on the pitching side of things, it's a little bit ugly. This might have been where the weakness was. Um, you know, not great relievers in Montero and Sewold. Uh, Eflin did really well though as a spark. 
Um, Eric Lauer had a really rough go of it to the point where he got sent down during the season. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was a nice, nice story early on, and then it just kind of faded away. So, massive bummer. Really nothing you can do about it. I, I don't know if this is really lightning in a bottle or if it was just, you know, over the course of a season, it just kind of wears down. It just kind of wears down everybody. So, I think it's probably more that line than anything because, yeah, it's it's a long season, and he, he didn't have a lot of, of resources to begin with. So, yeah, yeah, I think the season just outlasted them, if anything. And reminder, this is was his first ever baseball season. Yeah, not in the sandlot. Baseball. Yes, he's, he's he's more football. He's all football oriented, not baseball. So this was all new. So kudos to him, and we'll like to see what he does next year with more ammo, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's a huge success. That I totally forgot about that. He's he's not even a baseball guy. So that's a major win. All right. All right, we'll stay in this division um, and move up into the uh, the horizon of the postseason. Uh, the Golden Domers mm-hmm. um, survived. Um, I told him personally, your team was just enough to not miss the playoffs. Um, Sixty-one and fifty-nine. It was uh, by far the A seed in the postseason, um, at least as a. Me personally, and I think a lot of people agree with this, at least everyone in the postseason had a winning record. I always want to see that. Uh, we did have one team last year, uh, actually the Dukes, that were a losing record that made the postseason. So that doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And it's just kind of a bummer. Um, but Golden Domers finished in 61-59. Very roller coaster of a season. Um, he got out like, like the like the Greyhound, if you will, um, the beginning of the season was holding on, holding on, and then injuries happen and underperformance happened, and then you got literally what Pete Alonzo and um, I can't remember his other slugger, but uh, uh, yeah, Garcia. Think, yeah. There we go. Thank you. Um, he had two hitters that would only maybe reliable to. to um, do something, you know, day in and day out. So that takes a toll. So I've never seen a playoff team that has so many players whose fantasy points per game start with a one. So <laughs> that alone is pretty impressive. The fact that able to slog through it and get to get to the promised land of the playoffs there. Um, but yeah, this team is basically just Max Muncy, Pete Alonso, and Adolis Garcia just rotating who's going to be good that day and not strike out a bunch. So. I, I mean, honestly, to make it with this roster is pretty impressive, but don't know how it even happened. Um, I mean, we're looking at, let's see, uh, the bench alone. It's because it's just, it's, it's the lack of depth that's just jarring, uh, the fact that he was able to make it this far. Um, Nick Gonzalez wasn't even on the roster for most of the year. When he did get called up, he was, like, woefully out of his league. Um, Marco Luciano, he got called up for maybe... A, a couple of games didn't do anything. He's he's on the bench currently right now. Um, Dylan Carlson hurt most of the year. Clinic had a red hot, red hot start to the season, then became Jared Clinic. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how this team did what it did. I think mainly the pitching staff is it's it's very strong. That, yeah, I'm assuming that's probably where most of these are coming from. And then he's got the A team in the bullpen. Um, so I I think. 
overall, the pitching has to have carried along with his sluggers that were mentioned before in you know Muncie, Alonzo Garcia. Uh, but yeah, congrats to this Domers team because it's I feel like this Domers Domers have better teams in the past that haven't made it to the playoffs, and it's just it's crazy that this is the one that does. And to support what you were saying about the average of points, uh, one whatever. I see it right here in the standings. He, in the past three seasons, he has the lowest total points with only 2,600 points, a little bit over. Um, by far, like 200 points less than any playoff team in the past three seasons. Because mm-hmm. you're usually you're crossing over the 2,800-point threshold if you're in the postseason. Um, and he was just barely over 2,600. So that right there was glaring that I'm looking at. So a little bit of luck that ran out. Um, We'll see what he can do for next year. Um, Back-to-back years. Back-to-back years postseason, so give him props for that. Definitely. Definitely. Moving on. the (laughs) Indeed. Moving on to the Black Sox. Uh, Finished pretty strong, 63-57 with a record. Um, They were kind of slow out of the gate, but somewhere got hot and stayed hot and climbed themselves all the way up to the third seed of the division. Um, not even sure what which players did it. Maybe you can see looking at the roster, but yeah, it kind um, of does. evident he did pretty well to climb himself out of the basement. I'd say this team. I don't know if if Dodge expected to be where he's at beginning of the season because this this roster was not constructed in a way where it was going to be, I guess, a, a, a playoff a contender, but. He definitely he, he spent his he life in the, the right place, and he hit the draft hard too. So I mean, he did. He went he went young. So and you know he even had some call ups throughout the year. So I mean, yeah, they hit right. I was yeah, say they he hit on them. Yeah, so like Andy getting called up was pretty great. Um, this offense was mainly led by by Corbin Carroll, who he got in the draft. Well, definitely. Um, Corbin, I, I, I kind of feel like everyone knew that Corbin was going to be like really good. But not elite right away. He proved right. everyone wrong. Was elite right away, um, and has now put himself high. Like you look at dynasty rankings, and he is he is rocketing up those charts. So yeah, that is that is an absolute untouchable guy on that Black Sox team. Face of the face of the Diamondbacks yeah. and face of the Black Sox. He's going to be the Black Sox for a very long time. He's not going to get touched. Um, but no, I even even like the pitching, I think was was decent. I didn't. I didn't think of his playoff pitching because it's not like a dominant ace. But they all they all did well enough. You know, Barrios had a really rough start to the year. Turn it around. I think he did a great job to end out the year. Um, Mackenzie Gore was, yeah, Gore is has been very mediocre thus far. Not as advertised, unfortunately. Um, Dylan Cease kind of thought he'd have more K's. On the year, only 163 Ks in 138 innings, but still, mm. yeah, for being like last year, being the strikeout guy he was, to go into this year and have like a four or five ERA, you know, and not striking out dudes at the rate he was, kind of sucks. But you know, he still still has more Ks in innings, so that's good news for him. At least he's still getting guys out. Um, but yeah, this team, it is it is surprising to see them where they're at, but looking at the guys in the roster. It's not as surprising. Um, 
Now bringing up the defending Satellite League champion, Moonlight Graham, um, actually improved the record by three games, finishing in second place at 68 and 52. Uh, just a solid season, solid lineup, solid team. Um, just basically three years in a row, he's been right there punching people in the mouth, taking names later. So um, there he is, uh, 68 and 52. So. Yeah, this Dodger duo on the on the Grams is is something to watch because you got Mookie yeah. and Freeman, they like just hitting it up every night. I think I think Mookie bats in front of Freddie every night, so Grams just throwing the TV and watch their dudes and just go to bed. I mean, it's that's it's living the dream right there. And the fact that Mookie oh. is a second baseman enrages me. It's so cool. I just wish I had that. Like that's so awesome to Did have. You Did you play yeah, he totally does. He totally that's does. Uh, and he he also qualifies as shortstop because he when he came back from uh, paternity leave he he played short so it's like what a, what a middle infielder to have in Mookie Betts, um, but yeah I mean this has team he, this team is stacked top to bottom. Has he pitched yet? I wouldn't put out of the realm possibility, but uh, yeah I don't I don't believe that he has. But he even even some of the the call ups that he's had so Outman. Was a pick that I can't remember if it was a pick or not. Now I'm thinking it's not a draft pick. Who? It might have been an, James Altman. I want to say it was a draft pick uh, for the Grams. It was, it was a, a late pick. round draft pick. Yes, it was a draft pick. Yeah, ended up having just an unbelievable start to the season, and then like he only has 15 homers in the year. I think he hit like 12 of those in April. So, like an unbelievable start, and then just totally fit like tailed off. I don't know what happened there. Just non-existent from that from then on. Um, but South Relic, who was Brewer's top prospect, got called up and hit the ground running, uh, quite literally. He, he he is a speedster. He's not really showing it on the base pads, but I think maybe they'll give him the green light a little more often. Not totally sure. Um, and then you look go to the rotation, and they did acquire Yavaldi from the Tribe, who got hurt quickly. That is that's pretty unfortunate going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a pretty pretty massive blow for a team that's trying to you know make a run at it. Um, Severino has been probably the worst pitcher in baseball this year. I mean, he's there's a couple candidates, but I put him in there. Uh, so for him to still be going out there every five days, the Grams is pretty impressive. Um, and not only that, just knows that the Grams have two first round picks next year, so they didn't even have to like deplete their resources to do to do any of this. Yeah. Very yeah, true, very true. yeah. I mean, this this Grams team, this lineup is stacked, and if the the pitching may not show up, but it doesn't matter because good luck facing this lineup every day. Mm-hmm. I would agree. To end the class division, top of the division, on top of the mountain, Aaron's Gunners are sitting there solid with seventy one wins, um, also div- division wins of thirty eight. Not even close. Nobody was even close. The most was 34. So he dominated in this weekend's division, we'll call it. But, hey, you gotta, you still got to beat him. So um, did we help him? Maybe. Um, but still. And, mind you, he better be working his resume for uh, Big Cat Award because he was dead last with 38 wins last year, and he switched to the 71 wins for th- 33 games shift. Aaron, get that thing done. You got my vote if you do it. Yeah, I would also give him access to the files too to see if it's like the greatest comeback, like for win differential, 
like in the history of the lot because that's it has to be that's that's an insane turnaround yeah uh, i know somebody did something significant i recall i don't think it was 33 games though right that's so, that's just nuts that's almost a whole win total if you talk long enough, I might be able to find it. All right, I can definitely, I can definitely stall for time. All right, so this lineup again, it might be more stacked than the Grams because the Grams do have have a couple holes in there. It's not not too glaring when you have you know Betts and Freddie, but this lineup for the Gunners, top to bottom, loaded. I mean, Christian Walker might be the most underrated first baseman in all of baseball. Probably might be one of the most underrated players. I mean, the guy is putting up thirty homers a year. No one even cares about him. No one knows who the guy is. As, aside from, you know, most casual fans, if you asked who he was, they wouldn't even know him. But Christian Walker's a dude you should know. Um, Aaron Judge is, is just been, he's missed most of the season, and he's like tied for fifth in the AL for homers. I, I don't know how he does it every year. Uh, Schwarbs is, Schwarbs was kind of struggling first half as far as uh, his, his getting on base. He still can't, the dude still is not hitting for average. He is hitting 184 right now. But he has 34 homers. Dude, I'll take that. I dissed on Schwarbs like a, a few months ago. He's his, These power numbers might make up for never getting on base. So, and then go down the rest of the lineup. Um, he had Jorge Soler. I don't know how often he starts Jorge Soler, but that's another guy who had a really down down year last year. Kind of on like the edge of, like, well, he's on a two-year contract with the Marlins. I guess we'll see how he does. They've paid him a lot of money. So he has to do something, I guess. They're going to be forced to start him. Uh, ends up on the year hitting 33 bombs, and we're not even done yet. So major turnaround for Soler. I mean, this mm-hmm. this lineup, I haven't looked at the, the full standings, but I would be shocked if this Gunners lineup is not leading the league in homers. Because, I mean, it's just like 20 or above to ride this ride. It's This team is absolutely loaded. And then you go to the pitching side of things, and they will punch you in the mouth out there too. Because you got Gosman who is one of the strikeout leaders in baseball. And you got Kershaw and Scherzer, who are a little, little on the old side, but they're still getting it done. They're still elite. Um, mm-hmm. And Griffin Canning has been kind of a, a surprise guy, former Green Onion, as everyone else in this league has been. Um, but, yeah, Griffin Canning, showing his strikeout numbers that he had in the minors, finally in the bigs. Um, it's, it's, just, it's good to see that this Gunners team just – Turned everything on its head. Everything clicked. All went right. Because, I mean, there's some role players like like the Solaires and the Cannings that maybe weren't, you know, the, the world beaters, but ended up contributing to this Gunners lineup. Well done. And you didn't have to talk that long, but I found I tried, it. I tried my good. best, man. Well done. I did find it. Um, it was – he did – he does have the record. Um, the Tribe – Actually did it in 2009 to 2010 with 45 wins in 09 and switched to 72 wins in 2010 for a total of 27 um, game shift. So both of them are pretty impressive yeah. uh, from last to first. Um, damn, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so kudos, Aaron, um, for finishing the season strong. And he's in the postseason because of it. So that ends the class division. We'll move back over to the Bigfoot where the uh, gauntlets are at. Um, the Wonders, <coughs> excuse me, 
made the playoffs with a 63-57 record, getting the fourth seed in the division and having to host the number one hardcore. Um, or not host, but go against. Wonders, I uh, don't know if I did it in a write-up or I just had notes that and if I did do it in a write-up, forgive me, but this has been the, I think, sixth season in a row um, where we've had a Mancini in the playoffs. Let me look back oh, real quick. They, they just switch back and forth. It's either the Dukes or the Wonders, and very rarely is it both of them. It's just an odd stat, but um, yeah, since two... Uh, where am I? 2017. So what is that? Is that six, seven, seven years in a row? We've had that Mancini in the postseason. Wow, that's inclu- that's including the uh, short season of the of the 2022, 2020 as well. Um, so keeping the streak alive. Well, I guess I'll have to do it every year now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forget about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, not the most glorious. Of records, um, just barely making it past the Badgers by four. By the way, he did improve from last year, uh, being in seventh place with a 54 66 record. So, that alone, he's improved by nine games, um, which are taking the wonders. Uh, there's been plenty of disappointment, there's been plenty of like just surprises on this, on this team. Uh, example of the disappointment is Anthony Volpe kind of being not what we were advertised as. Honestly, I you can't diss on it too much. It hasn't been that bad of a rookie season, but it's just not like the top five prospect season that we were kind of promised, I guess. Um, I didn't then, think he was going to anyway. He's a good player, but I didn't think he was going to be like elite. Well, I'm a hype beast, so like I, I read stuff, and I'm like, this guy's going to be a legend. So Volpe was not going to be Derek Jeter. But uh, I would like for him to be better than like Didi Gregorius or something. So yeah, it's just I think been... he'll stick around. I think yeah, for totally will stick around for sure. Yeah. yeah, he's shown flashes of like this guy is an everyday player, but I don't know if he's uh you know an elite prospect type player. We'll, we'll again way too early to call. It's just a rookie season, you know. We will see what happens. But yeah, for for having a first full season, you know, you're kind of hoping as the wonders you're going to get a little more production. Just didn't show up in that case. Um, and then he goes out in the auction and gets Jake McCarthy. McCarthy's supposed to be kind of a guy who, you know, hits 280, hits 15 homers, steals 30 bags. Like a really great undervalued auction piece. Dude's not even in, in the majors right now. So that's a that's a big blow. Um, but then you have guys like Spencer Steer, um, Yoshida, who we got in the draft. I believe Steer, uh, Jason, either drafted or he picked him up. I want to say he picked him up because I don't remember him being in the, going in the draft. But definitely is a new wonder for 2023. Um, all being big impact, impactful bats in the lineup. I n- believe he also acquired Robert because I don't remember him being the auction. I, I believe he was in the auction. So he acquired Robert. Most of his lineup pretty much patched together with some really great talent. So wonders, I think, did a great job of making this team besides all the all the heartbreak kind of become a playoff team and someone that might be able to go into the next round. Not to mention he had uh, Hunter Green go down for quite a while too. So And Woodruff as well. Woodruff was yeah. out for most of the season. Yep, that was a blow. So, um, 
There's another team, uh, Boys of Summer, uh, increased by 10 wins, finishing 67 and 63. Solid, solid lineup, as I said before. Um, I think this team is here to continue to compete. He's gone from one level to the next to the next, and he's past the threshold, I believe, and he's going to be there for a while, I believe. Could be wrong, but I think this is a team that's going to be right there with the other two um, that we have to deal with every year. So, boys of summer are here and here to play. It's a little frustrating because I feel like this should be this should be me, but Alex is a lot smarter than me, so the, it's him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got just just a crazy like I am so jealous of this lineup. It's so good. Um, it, this is even with having some 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 guys who maybe didn't. Didn't play to the level that was expected. Austin Riley being the guy in the auction, um, I, I think has now at this point done a lot better than maybe early on the season when we talked about him previously. Um, he's he's definitely been turning things around. Dude has like thirty homers in that lineup. But early on, it was not looking like he was gonna he was gonna put that up. And J Rod was the same thing. J Rod was atrocious in April and May. Like what like what the heck's going on with him? And now I mean the dude had. An insane, insane streak the other day. I mean, he had what was it like, fifteen hits in like a few games. It was nuts what he was doing. So yeah, J Rod is fully back. Uh, Riley is now totally worth what he was paid. And this team is just this team is just too good. It is. I don't know if it's going to be able to you know go on to the next round, but I I think it's it is absolutely here to stay. And I don't know if we just. Join these next two teams together at the hip, like they are or not. Uh, <laughs> they both finished one two last year. They finished one two this year. Uh, Hardcore finished top with seventy four wins and forty six losses last year. Did it again this year. Keyway finished seventy one forty nine last year. Did it this year. Um, kind of weird. Rinse and repeat. Um, there they are. I don't want to really talk about them, but I guess we're gonna boost their ego a little bit. Are we just gonna group them about? as a one? Are we gonna group them as one team, one big team? That way we can get this over with as quick as possible. One giant franchise. Okay. <laughs> can you imagine no, they're yeah, one combined yes. team? That's terrifying. No. Their own division. <laughs> it's like Decepticons joining up. It's scary. It's just absolutely scary. No, I mean we'll start with Heatway first. Um, I. This, this roster is nuts. I mean, it's... I'm just looking at it right now. It's ridiculous. Uh, you got <laughs> you got Will Smith, who we got in the auction. One of the best catchers in baseball, as far as hitting is concerned. Uh, Matt Olson is, right now, I think the best first baseman in baseball. Um, Jay Ram, one of the best fighters in baseball. Uh, Harper, even though... I don't know how Harper made it back in the timeline that he did. But having Harper now for like a, a late stretch is huge for this team. A team that did not need Harper to to, to go down the rest of the rest of the, the playoffs. And I don't I, I don't even know how I made it back, but the pitching side of things for for Lance, you still got Cole, Eduardo Rodriguez, who I thought was gonna be like a one or two month flash in the pan, ended up having a great season all around. Um Blake Snell had a stretch where he was the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Verlander is I think now he's back in Houston. I think he might reach another level, you know. Um, but even losing to Grom, this team has not really like lost any any 
steps whatsoever. There's still the heat wave, and they're still gonna they're still coming for everybody. And we can roll that right into the, right into the hardcore. Who? No, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about Harper for a minute. Because, okay, let's talk about Harper. Um, I don't know if you saw the highlight one. I saw it live. The game yesterday was incredible. I had no reason to be watching it. Could care less. Um, but they're they're uh, uh, the Phillies and the Giants, and Phillies were down. I don't know who saw this, but I saw it live, and wound up talking to Maddie actually on the phone because uh, Harper just smoked Homer to right in the ninth to tie it up five five. But it was like a laser shot. Holy crap! Get out of the way, and luckily hit the pole and bounced back into the field because if there was a fan there. They would have smoked. I'd never seen a ball come off the bat like that so hard, so quickly. I was like, oh, if that's fair. It's gone. It was just an amazing thing. Just rope to right. An amazing homer. And yeah. that, I believe, helped in a lot of ways, not just the Phillies. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And so we'll, so, we'll, right, we'll go right into the hardcore then with that. Hardcore. And, uh, yeah. So. Again, this roster. I mean, at this point, when you're at this level, everyone's going to be like, "This is unbelievable. This roster is so good." Um, hardcore is really no exception. He, like Contreras, we'll start with Contreras. Uh, had an abysmal start to the season, to the point where Cardinal Nation was like, "What the heck's going on? Is this guy an outfielder? What what are we doing here?" And I think Contreras is. I, I thought he'd figure it out, and he did figure it out. And he might be the weakest link in this hardcore lineup. And that's for a dude who's had a great second half. Um, I mean, just top to bottom, this, this, this hardcore lineup has Goldie, Altuve, Nato, uh, Matt McClain, who's been a great rookie acquisition throughout the season. Yandy Diaz, Ital Marte, Juan Soto, Orlando Arcia. That's stacked. That is nuts. Um, then you go into the pitching side of things, and he's still led by Max Fried and Zach Gallen. Uh, Gallen is... Probably a, a top ten pitcher, and I, I think he will be for a while. Another former Cardinal, by the way. Um, and then Hardcore also got to acquire another rookie with Brian Wu, and it's just frustrating because like this team is gonna be good for a while because they just keep getting these little young nuggets that they can add in, slot in wherever, and they're just gonna be there for five, six years. And I hate to talk about this, but this team has got to be bored with this league. Nine out of the last 10 seasons, he's had 70-plus wins. Nine out of the last 10. And that one of the 10 was COVID 2020, record of 48-36. Do the math. He was only one win away, technically, of the ratio of 70 wins. It wound up being 69 wins. So... Nice. I wish it was like holy crap. Um, that's half of his existence of his franchise. It's been around for 20 years, and the second half of his existence has been nothing but 70 plus wins. Unbelievable. Not that I'm campaigning for him to be a big cat uh, recipient, but um, <laughs> that's a hell of a resume. Unreal. Unreal. So kudos there. Long season, like we said, 120 games. That's a lot to be dealt with, 16 teams. We seem to do it year after year, and they seem to be quicker and quicker. But um, here we are. We're in the postseason now. 
Um, we've already finished the first round as of this date. We're on, like I said, Thursday, the 24th of August. First round is completed as of last night, and we're going to cover that now with the eight teams that survived this long season. And we'll flip it over to the class division because that was kind of the quick and easy one first. So uh, we had hosting the Golden Domers, number one versus number four. Um, that was an early exit. Gunners swept the Domers. Domers, don't, I don't think they knew they were playing the playoffs until it was too late. Um, had a little one-on-one interview with Tim Dupree there, and he's blaming it on Glass now. But I was like, dude, you got swept. That had nothing to do with Glass now. Um, <laughs> had to do with a lot of players just not under, just not performing where they should be. Um, ran out of his luck, and he's facing the team that he just couldn't compete against, in my opinion. So early exit with the Domers and Gunners. What was your take with that matchup? Uh, Domers were just not gonna, they're just not getting anything started. I mean, I think their their highest score of the three games was twenty six points. Uh, and if mm. you're you're gonna go in against a one seed, that's just not gonna cut it. So, um, and if Glad's not pitched all three games, I might believe them. But this team just did not just did not show up, unfortunately. Um, I mean, the Gunners had just always had a different guy every night showing up. Um, at one point, they scored thirty four, and that was a combination of. Schwarber, Judge, and, and Walker. I think those are all three guys that I had mentioned earlier. Um, pretty much single-handedly, single-handedly up those guys just, just taking the win away from, from Dupree here. And then uh, to end the sweep, they had Edmund, Estrada, and Turner. Just a whole, totally different group of guys from how they won prior. And that's after Scherzer exactly. kind of bombed out and had minus four. So, yeah, this Gunners team, if, if someone's slacking, they just have, they have the resources to go have someone else have a good night for them. So. Yeah, t- tough to beat that for the Domers, especially with their with their previously mentioned lack of depth. Um, Gunners just kind of outlasted them pre- pretty easily. Um, the other matchup was the Black Sox versus the uh, Moonlight Grand. This was actually I put it in the write up uh, a great series, very you know even match. Um, They're throwing punches left and right in first three games. Um. And then we had a dud in game four with the Black Sox squeaking by with a 10 run win. 10 to, we'll round it up, 10 to 8 squeaker. Very tight matchup. I, I think there was no more than a three point difference in any games of the four that they played. So it was sad that that one ended too, too soon. Yeah, like you'd said, uh, Sox came out firing like 53 points in the first, in the first game. That's got to make you feel good. You know, going to the playoffs, not sure how it's, everything's going to shake out. Um, to absolutely level an opponent, an opponent like that feels pretty good to get that first win. Then Grams just trade that punch, put up 50 of their own. And like you said, going to the next day, that's when it starts getting tight and these matchups start getting a little, a lot more sweat being induced here. Just trying to get to that final out, hoping you have that lead. And yeah, I mean, it was a great series all around. High point scorings, it's close games. It's really all you could ask for. And I, it wasn't my my bad. They weren't close games. They were close matchups because one, and I, I apologize because it's been last week now. Um, it was one team punching one in the mouth, and the other one identically did the same thing the next game. But they were of the of the what I meant to say is of the of the series, they were within three point difference. 
of the seat in total points. So they were close. It was just I wish I won game five games. That would have been awesome to watch. So, mm-hmm. but um, Black Sox advanced. They will be host or facing the Gunners um, starting tomorrow. Game one will start. Don't know. I didn't take the time to look to see who's got what for pitching, but um, I gotta say the Gunners have the advantage, at least by roster wise. But the Black Sox have the luck on their side, I believe. Uh, they just the things are lining up for them, so this one could go uh, the distance as well. But um, should be a fun one to watch. Um, moving on over to the other division, the Bigfoot division. And I lost my page. Give me a second here. Bigfoot division. They have, we have the, um, where are we? Oh, the Wonders were playing hardcore. That's what it was. Number one versus number four. Um, I do believe the Wonders win game one. Yep. So they hardcore did. came out of the gates. Pretty lame. Only 11 points yeah. for this hardcore team. That was a shocker. Only 11 points. Yeah. Um, then going to the next game, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Going to the next game, they put up 57 in the in the playoffs. If you put up 43 points like the wonder, like the wonders do, and you still lose, that is so disheartening. I mean, any team you put up 43 points, yeah, but it's like you know, if it happens in April, yeah, if it happens like in you know early June, it's like okay, whatever. It happens. No, it's never okay. Look at look at the draw. No, it sucks, but it's like you know, luck of the draw. Never playoffs though. That is just demoralizing to mm-hmm. to to put that up and lose. But yeah, this hardcore team looks like someone must have said something to them because they got in a high gear and put up almost sixty on on the wonders, and then uh, gonna have a close game the next the next day twenty seven twenty five hardcore yeah just barely beat out the wonders, and then roll over into Tuesday we got 30, 31 to seventeen. Hardcore handedly win that one thanks to Zach Allen's 15 points. 11 Ks over in six innings. Pretty typical for him, honestly, for Gallon. Just a just a, a total dude on the mound. He's he is lights out recently. So yeah, and Core were able to secure a series win with that one. And finally the matchup that actually did go the distance of uh best of five. It was the heat wave. Um Playing the boys of summer. What a heartbreaker. We talked about this on the Discord. Um, the fact that Shohei Otani exited early. Yeah. The shoulda, coulda, woulda syndrome. I mean, oh, Alex is going to be just nightmare for a while there. Um, I mean, baseball is. It's just a brutal day for baseball. Well, that that too. Um, We're there's a, a lot. Unbelievable season. And there's a lot to wonder. It's like, did they destroy him? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, this is going to be a lot of questions. Um, just heartbreaking in a, in a lot of ways. But on my part, like I put in Discord, my money was on the boys of summer. I had my, had my swag. I was going to, to the playoffs and going to be in the suites rooting for them. And then they, uh, they fall. They fall to the heat wave. So yeah. heartbreaker for me too. Had my money on him. Um, heat wave find a way. Usually as always. Yep. Um, <laughs> little mini recap. The uh, game one. I mean, Boys of Summer was forty-seven thirty-five. Game two. 
uh, a real tight one, 24 to 23, if we round it up. Um, game, no, that was game two. Game three, another tight one, Heat Wave, 21 to 20. Game four. There it is. Sorry. Yeah, they say I skipped Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday was 34 to 25 to tie the series up. And then, as as you know, the heartbreaker of 40, well, to roll around it, 44 to 38 in game five. So, hell of a series. That was a great series, actually, to watch because um, I was actually watching games and players and this, you know, the individuals that mattered. So, it was fun to watch. Um, and now we have round two coming up. We've got the hardcore heat wave showdown, and we've got the Gunners and the Black Sox, which is a showdown, believe it or not. Doing some digging. This is the third time in four years the Black Sox and Gunners have played each other in the postseason. Did not know that. Oh, wow. Um, advantage to the Sox so far, two. Uh, two wins over the Gunners. However, the one year that the Gunners beat the Black Sox was the year the Gunners won it all. So, Gunners got that. Um, I think we missed the also, most important matchup, by the way. What's that? Uh, the Green Onions were the number one pick for the third time. Oh, you want to go there? I do want to go there. I've, done, I've had to do this rodeo four times, and I've won three times. When the boys guys show up, they show up. And I think this is yeah. something we need to delve into. But I, I'm going to say, if you don't I'm going to say, the only one that's <laughs> going to be proud of this is your mama. So well, I, I'm so it. proud. I mean, I'm not, I'm not proud, but it's like you know, when the boys got to play, they play. It's a 120 game season. You got to play more than just five. Hey, hey, this is for the future. 120 games means nothing versus the span of 10 years, in the, in the large mm-hmm. scheme of it. You know, this is the 10 years matters more. All right, you're on the clock. Who are you taking? I can't ever develop that information at this time. <laughs> um, I did not mean to over overlook that. My bad. Thank you. Thank you. I was kind of, was kind of mad about it. What are you going to do? And I will post, I will just say this every, since we're on the topic. Everybody that was fighting for the draft picks held on to their draft picks. Nobody stole it. So I will post that on Discord for ones to, that care to know where you're going to be at in the draft. So congrats to y'all. Um, also, if you go even further back, um, back to the Gunners and Sox, they've actually played each other four out of the last six years. That's so weird. I would yeah. not have guessed that. We got to shake that up or something. Um, you want to hear something even crazier? What we got when you when you switch over to the hardcore and the heat wave? They've actually only played each other three times, and that was back when we switched divisions: 2014, 2015, 2016. They've never played each other since then. It's kind of funny. They probably play each other more now if it switched divisions, and if we just didn't switch divisions. <laughs> but but what are you gonna do? That's just an observation. Yep. Um, all those three years of fourteen to sixteen, each of them did get a championship within those within those years. So, uh, 
just crazy stats. I had no idea that with these matchups that they've actually played each other as much as they have. Or or worse is the fact of the hardcore and heat wave as um not as recent as I thought, you know. Um it seems like I guess they take turns. It's either one or the other. So um bold prediction, you do you want to leave it alone or wait until you want to put your neck on the line? I don't know. I kind of want to see. I, I think bold prediction. Hmm, I don't know if I should. This is kind of tough. Bold prediction Four is teams the left. Clash win it all. A Clash team wins it oh. all. Oh. Feels bold. Feels a little bit bold. That is bold. Too much hype Do to have No, definitely don't. But that's why it's bold. That that's that's I don't know if I would say that. So I'm gonna say I would like. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's so bold. It's a, it's a Stephen A. approach of doing this. It's like if I am wrong. Wait, who? Stephen. I'm sorry. Do we have a special guest? No, I'm not gonna do the Stephen A. impression. No. Come on, bro. I'm not gonna do the Stephen A. impression. That's a that's a, that's a yes, special treat. It's an order. That's a special I am treat. your father. I'm not gonna do it. Special treat. No, it's like the Stephen A. rule of takes. If you are wrong, it's not a huge deal because everyone knew you're going to be wrong anyways because it's a ridiculous thing. Those you're listening, get on Discord, blast the hell out of Cal with the Stephen Double A Smith. I'm telling you, he needs to do it. He'll be on the floor. So I don't like uh, We need to get that. We need to get that. <laughs> Why? You know, uh, I'm telling you. Uh, it's on the spot. I'm on the spot right now. Um, but no, it's basically Stephen like it, it's a take so ridiculous that if you're wrong, no one really calls you on it. But if you're right, you can really just tout it for years to come and just hold it over everyone's head. So it's one of those takes, and I'm going to stick by it. Well, here's a fun fact. Um, The Clash have actually had two of the last three championships, so take that, Bigfoot. Yeah, that's that's not enough, but I'll take it. The Gunners and Moonlight Grams have the the two heat wave in between in 2021, so... Hopefully, uh, we we keep it in our division. So, let's go Black Sox. Let's go Gunners. Whoop, whoop. All right. Um, I have no idea how long this ran, but it was a good show. I genuinely, guys, genuinely, um, do apologize. We should have done more shows, but just life just kept getting in the way. I don't want to say in the way, but yeah, when you're dealing with <laughs> what we deal with. Um, it's not as easy as I thought it would be, you know, um, to get these shows on. Um, we will try to do better. We appreciate you guys actually enjoying these. Um, we'll figure out some type of game plan, but at least we got one in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the end of the season, it, but um, we do apologize for that, but we do enjoy doing them. Um, and it's good to know that you guys enjoy listening to them. We'll figure something out on what we can do to, Eliminate that gap. But. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's a lot, the, of, a lot of learning. We've never done this before. Like, I've, I've never done a podcast. Disclaimer. So. Cal's been awesome, as uh, I would call my producer. He's behind the scenes and whatnot uh, during the show and after the show. He does the editing and stuff, all the fine-tuning and loading. So I appreciate all that he's done. Uh, he is going to be training me so we can kind of have a little bit of flexibility of scheduling just in case, but, um, 
we're just going to improve it somehow, some way. We're going to be better with this. Just don't know how. We're never going to make promises. We're just going to try to make plans. So, with that said, we are in the postseason mode with the Sandlot League. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the postseason. Those of you that are in it, anyways. But I am enjoying it from a side, the less stress, anyways. Um, we are in August. And a lot of us are in football. Got a little distraction with that too. So I've got a couple drafts coming up this weekend. Um, but with that, um, enjoy the rest of what's going on in baseball and MLB. Plenty of games left. Plenty of games to watch. Plenty of races to follow. And uh, Final Four begins tomorrow night with Sandlot second round. So until then, see you at the Diamond. <laughs>